Enrique, Yuma, Arizona. One hot day in the summer of 1999, a young Mexican man with tight-cropped hair, new shoes, a clean cream-colored button-down shirt, and pressed beige pants used a phony U.S. driver's license to cross the border into Arizona. He took a cab to the Yuma International Airport, intending to fly to Phoenix. Also in the airport, waiting for a plane, stood a dozen Mexican men. Short and brown, they wore dusty baseball caps, jeans, and faded t-shirts. They looked weather-beaten and calloused, just like their hands, he imagined. He figured them for illegals, maybe construction workers, proud of their capacity for hard work, but without much else on their side. He sometimes went by the name Enrique. He was tall, light-skinned, and handsome. The calluses on his hands, there since childhood, had softened. He had grown up in a hovel on the outskirts of a village in the Mexican state of Nayarit, fifteen hours by car south of Arizona. His father was a sugarcane farmer. His village depended on sugarcane, and thus it was poor, as life there was violent and mean. His relatives were split by a feud that began before he was born. He didn't know its cause, only that the two sides didn't get along. But he had moved on. He had a business now, with employees and expenses. It allowed him to buy his first Levi 501s and pay for his fade at the barber shop. His false U.S. ID allowed him to cross the border posing as another man, Alejandro something. Still, it wasn't hard for Enrique to see himself in those men at the airport in Yuma that day. As he waited for his plane, he watched an immigration officer in the airport spot the men and make the same calculation he had. The officer asked them for identification. There was a discussion Enrique couldn't hear, but in the end, the men could produce none. As the other passengers watched, the officers led them single file to be, Enrique assumed, deported. Growing up in a poor Mexican village had attuned Enrique to the world's unfairness. Those who worked hard and honestly got left behind. Only those with power and money could insist on decent treatment. These facts, which he believed had been proven to him throughout his life, allowed him to rationalize what he did. Yet moral qualms still came like uninvited guests. He told others that he hadn't been raised to be a heroin trafficker and believed it when he said it, though he was one. Scenes like this convinced him that he was doing what he had to do to survive. He didn't make the rules. Still, as the officer paraded the men by, he thought to himself, I'm the dirtiest of them all, and they don't ask me anything. If I'd have come to work derecho, honestly, they'd have treated me badly, too. A while later he boarded a plane that took him to Phoenix, and from there to Santa Fe, New Mexico.